1: Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Best Bets episode for the Wednesday Slate in the Association for December 28th. Glad to have you with us, recording this on Tuesday night. Joining me for this edition, we've got Jay Money back with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jay Money is Money, as well as in the Action Network app. Jay, what's good, my man? Trying to get some cash as always,
3: liking a bit, and uh, can't wait to talk some
1: ball with you guys. Also joining us is Sean Little from MSG Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Sean, how you doing,
2: man? I'm doing great, Matt. What's up, Jay? Money less. Yeah, let's get some. Uh, let's get some paper in this slate. So uh, we got a couple games to pick through on Wednesday. And
1: right, let's go ahead and get to the best bets. Uh, as always, we'll start. You just say your best bet, and then we'll go back and do the cap. Jay, what's your best bet for the Wednesday slate?
3: Me sons in the first half, uh minus a half, minus one, little revenge game, Jay. All right, Sean, best bets for Wednesday.
1: Milwaukee Bucks minus four and a half at uh the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Uh, I've got two under plays. I like the Nets and the Hawks under 238 and a half, and I like the under in that Bucks and Bulls game under 231 and a half. So there's a couple of other games we'll talk about tonight from the perspective of why this slate is trickier. Usually these Wednesday slates are juicy and we were able to find like a lot of really good spots. We've had some great nights betting Wednesday slates. This one's a little nasty. We got a lot of third and four back to backs. We get a lot of trap spots. There's a lot of ones where the numbers don't to me look like they are they don't look like there's good value to find an edge. And we'll talk about those as we go along. Uh, Jay in particular, before the show was having a real hard time trying to come up with what he wanted to play, but he went ahead and he's going with the sun's first half here. Tell me why you like the sun's first half in this one, Jay.
3: Give me sons in the first half here. They did just lose uh, on December 20th to the Wizards as well. Bill went off for that one at 27, a little bit of inside info. He did leave tonight's game and didn't return. I believe it was a leg issue um, as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bill was ruled out the next day. Um, so give me the Suns here. Like I say, want to take them early as well. This is back-to-back plus third game in four nights. But, I mean, the whole world was on the Grizzlies tonight, and you see the way they going out there and win. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Thank for that.
1: Thanks, thanks for that Thanks for <laughs> <wasting> that <laughs> knife. I- after yesterday, I was like, I'm going to trust the Grizzlies, even though I was like, it's a it seems like a bounce. bet. it seemed too obvious. Thanks for twisting that knife. Anyway, go ahead.
3: Nah, sorry, man. Now, nah, but I a lot of my guys that I know, a lot of sharp guys that I know were on the Grizz as well. They hopped on a minus seven. It went up to eight. So, uh, I mean, I'm leave Grizz as well. I just stayed off of it because their revenge game really holds weight to me. And you see the Suns came out there. They really wanted their game. Got down eight to zero, but um, started coming back. And then before you know it, they had a double-digit lead, never looked back. And so I think the Suns are maybe trying to turn a corner now. They know that they're probably going to be without Booker for a little while, uh, possibly getting Landry Shamit back in this game as well. But no starter played over 30 minutes minutes in this one and like I say the Wizards just came into their house and that was the game where they had to the blow up as well with Aiden and Bridges I'm sure they remembered that um, as well so give me Sons here I want to take them early to avoid the possible running out of gas late but I think this is a, also a letdown spot for the Wizards coming off a huge game versus the 76ers just ended their eight game win streak uh, also second game back home off their road trip as well back to back I don't like the spot for the Wizards give me Suns first half in this one
1: yeah, I mean obviously injury report's not submitted for this one, right? So we don't know exactly what this is gonna be. Um, you know, for the Wizards, probably no KP in this one. Beal probably sits if since he left. My question is, what do we think the sun's injury report looks like, right? So no book, obviously. No Landry Shamut, he's out. So what do we think this looks like in terms of like a, a Sun's injury report? Like I guess that's a concern is are the cause you're looking at if no shamet, no book, it's Chris Paul with and he looked terrible in that game on Sunday. Um, you know, Cam Johnson, like they're running out of wings. It's like Damian. I mean, man, look, Damian Lee shooting 48% for three this season. So that's pretty good. Are you worried about the injury report at all for the Suns?
3: I'm not worried about. It. I mean obviously if Chris Paul pops up that won't be good but uh if I'm not mistaken I mean Shaman might have a uh, have a possibility to come back in this one, but obviously they'll need a point guard. Not a single player played played over 27 minutes. So if it got up to the 30s then I'd be a little worried but Chris Paul played only 23 minutes. I expect them to be in here ready to go. And like I said if the Suns want to stack up wins while Booker's out, this is a very winnable game. Um I don't I don't see him resting when they, they already only have nine guys available.
1: Okay. All right, let's go ahead and go to Sean's pick. Uh Sean, you're taking the Bucks minus four and a half, and it's a bet I want to join you on. Uh, make the case and we'll see if I can if I can get over the fact that my numbers say that this is a no-play. Go ahead and <laughs> All right, let's see if we can
2: get half. HP over the line. Milwaukee Bucks minus four and a half. I love the spot for Giannis and the Bucks. As a vet squad in the NBA that's been to the finals, won a title, you need regular season motivation, and Milwaukee has it here. They're coming off three straight big losses to some of the best teams in the East. We know them, Cavs, Nets, and they just got blitzed by the Celtics in the second half and lost that one. They lost to the Bulls earlier in the year at home. Tough to see me losing, coming off of three straight losses and then losing a game to the Bulls for the second time this early season The Bulls are just the most inconsistent team in the NBA for me. They give up 150 points to the T-Wolves. They have all types of team meetings. Zach uh, Levine isn't a team player. He's a cancer. He's selfish. Then they rattle off three straight road wins against competent uh, competent opponents. They're putting it together. The Bulls are back. They're solid. Look out. They're putting things together. They get back home and get run off the floor by Houston, 133-118, and they let Houston shoot 56% from the floor. Five of five against the spread in their last 10, one of four against the spread at home in their last five. Now, I know the Bucks have been struggling offensively, but like I said, they just let the, the Houston Rockets shoot 56% from the floor on Monday. Bulls, let me give you a couple numbers. Bulls, of course, brutal from three, averaging 10.7 makes a game, 27th in the NBA. And then when you flip that, Bulls 29th, in opponent three-point percentage, allowing 38%. So, you know, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Hey, look out. My man, Ingles might be back in the fold a little bit. Hit a couple threes the other night. He might he might pour in two or three, Jay. You know what I'm saying? So that could always help number. But we know it. Milwaukee top 10 in points and paints allowed. I think this is a motivated Bucks team that's going to make it very difficult for the Chicago Bulls to score on offense. So, Matt, you're leaning to the under. I lean that way as well. I think this is going to be a very – physical game for the Chicago Bulls. I, I don't think they'll have it against a motivated Bucks team. J. Rue drew Holiday is looking probable for the game. So he should play the Bucs and Giannis have historically owned this matchup. I think they get back to, to their winning ways in this matchup and get it done here on Wednesday night, minus four and a half.
1: Yeah. I'm going to stay away from the side. You almost got me over, but so <laughs> the problem is I just, there's a lot of folks in the league looking side eye at the bucks right now yeah and going i'm like, one of them i understand that yeah and like what what what's going on here guys because they got off to this great start but the numbers under the hood were really bad and like i have this closer to an average team than one of the elite like they're like my power rating on them is really low which is why i'm not going to bet it because basically it's not just how they've played lately it's that it's not like they were awesome and then they've dipped this would be a good spot if that was the case Power ratings telling me, no, no, no. Like they've been closer to the Bulls all season. They've just won a shit ton of games versus a weak opponent schedule at home. And so I don't have the confidence with the Bucks right now to pull out of it. It's not that I don't like your cap because I think it's entirely possible based off of the very long history I've profiled on this program of how Mike Budenholzer absolutely smacks division teams. He just beats out of these division teams. His record is is incredible against the spread straight up in these spots. I don't like this particular instance. And like this is this is one of those things that I think it's important when you're betting is just like if you are if in your cap and your analysis, you're like, I always like this spot. But, like I don't like it as much right now don't talk yourself into it like you don't I don't have to bet this one I've I've made enough money betting bucks against division teams I don't need to bet it every single time uh I am gonna bet the under though because as you mentioned if there's only to me here's the the outcomes the bucks come in they're motivated their defense amps up the Bulls come on a back to back completely just like really struggle uh in this situation and cannot get it done sorry they're on a one game uh day off but like the, the bulls struggle. They can't score. The Bucs shut them down and it's a low scoring game. Option two is the Bulls do fine and they win this game. But the Bucks' offense, once again, which has been borderline mediocre to bad struggles uh, that on top of like I've got the spot, I've got the number, which I've got this projected um, all the way down. It's 231 and a half in the market. I've got it at 229. So I'm showing about a two-point edge on that. My underperformance on the model has been really good this year. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take the under at 231 and a half. If you're here listening to this and this has moved down, I don't know if it's it's going to have by the time you may have moved up entirely possible. Um, in which case I'll still really like it. This opened 229 and a half, so it's already jumped up two and a half points. So the market's moving against me. That's fine. Um, you can go ahead and wait and see if it moves up two thirty-two and a half, whatever, but I don't see any sort of reason why this should be a game where this is a a scoring fest that out that performance by the Celtics versus the Bucks was an outlier against their defense. Their defense has been reliable. Their offense is not, I'll take the under on this one. And I will root very hard for Sean's bucks bet because I want the division streak to continue. Uh, Jay, you have thoughts on this one? I don't have many. Um, I mean I don't want to hate on Sean's play.
3: I hope he catches it, but me personally, I don't want the Bucks on the roll right now. Only one six and one against the spread last eight road games. Um, and their favor here as well. And another key point that no one's looking at. This is the fifteenth straight um or fifteenth different arena that the Bucks will be playing in. Fifteenth blue gym. I remember wow. that my part of my Celtics capped it. There was fourteen straight games um in a new arena. So this is fifteen for me. I don't want the Bucs on the roll, especially not right now. And that Bulls game versus the Rockets. It was it's entirely possible that they could have been looking ahead to the, to the Bucks in this one uh, and they beat them already this year in Milwaukee and I think that's that's that says something as well because the Bucs were obviously came out smoking hot early this season and the Bulls weren't, they weren't, right? and They won that one straight up. So still some playoff revenge lingering for the Bulls here. Uh, I'm off this game. Uh, I'm off this game. I hope you cash though, Sean. Hey, I mean the the
2: revenge game, Jays just skipped this game over, huh? What about the revenge game from early in the year? This is a revenge spot for the Bulls. Revenge, Jay. I need I need you in this spot, Jay. I need Revenge Game, Jay, to show me some love. But listen, the the new building. This is a very familiar building for these guys. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're in Chicago all the time. This is right up the road. I yeah, think they're going to close. Trip, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to close this 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 road trip out strong in Chicago versus a team they've historically dominated. They're going to go in there get a W and then close out. They're going to make up for these last three games where they're they're you know they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the East and then they see the three best teams in the East, and they lose all three. They're going to come in here motivated, looking for a W, and who knows what Bulls team's going to show up. Uh, that, that, that's more – it's it's more of me t- thinking about the Bulls and how inconsistent they are, night in, night out. I'll take the motivated team coming off three straight losses, trying to close out a road trip. Giannis will have the guys ready. I'll lay the four and a half. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, my other play for the night, and this will be my bigger one on the slate. This will be a full unit play. I think I'm going to do a half unit on that Bulls game uh, with that, where the market's moving. But I'm going to go take the under in Nets, Hawks 238 and a half, back to back for Atlanta. Uh, I looked up the numbers this season. The Nets on the road are, I believe, nine and seven so far this season in terms of uh, points allowed on the road. So they keep their opponent under their team total in nine of the 16. Um, Hawks at home have done the same. So we have a little bit of a slight edge where the Hawks at home are a little bit better defensively. The Nets on the road continue to be a little bit better versus the market expectation defensively. Um, This may surprise a lot of folks, but this is actually a pretty good defensive matchup because this is actually the third best half-court defense in the Brooklyn Nets versus the 10th best half-court defense in the Atlanta Hawks. The problem for the Hawks, surprisingly, this year has been offense, and in particular, Trey Young, who can't hit the broadside of a barn. He's shooting better lately, though. He's shooting over 40%. So that's a risk here, is that basically if Trey's doing better then maybe this this number, which is going to factor in the entire season, is going to think the Hawks are worse offensively than they've been recently. There's a risk there. But when I look at the number like 238.5, to me, this screams like, the market is – is this is way too much of a prototypical approach to Hawks-Nets. Oh, the Nets score a lot, and the Hawks don't defend at all, and the Hawks score a lot, and the Nets don't defend at all. These two teams are much better defensively, I think, than they're giving, being given credit for, especially the Nets, who Nick Claxton has been phenomenal in switch isolation. Switching teams give the Hawks a lot of problems. They do really well versus drop scheme – The Nets are going to switch everything. They've got long defenders, active defenders, guys that can apply ball pressure. Um, All that combined, as well as the Hawks being on a back-to-back here, a little sluggish at home. I'll go ahead and take the under 238.5 on Nets-Hawks. Sean, you got any thoughts on that one?
2: No, I, I'm not mad at that. But, but on the half court, both teams have been playing extremely, extremely well. I was very impressed with how the Nets looked against the Cavs the other night, mm-hmm. the way they shot it. They looked ridiculous on the offensive end. That's the only thing that makes me a little nervous. But, yeah, like you laid out, Trey Young's been struggling shooting the rock. Both teams are very good. It's actually impressive what Vaughn has done with the Nets in the short amount of period of time since he's come on. So, yeah, I can't I I, I – I'm with you on both teams playing very high level half-court defense. The only thing that worries me is, is it seems like in the drop of a hat, as we know, KD and Kyrie can go nuts and, and start to run up numbers, but that's the only thing that worries me there.
1: Uh, Jay, on this one, what's your lean on Nets, Hawks on the side? Because basically what my numbers have got me at is that there's a little bit of an edge here on Atlanta based off of a number of factors that actually this is a pretty good spot for Atlanta if it was fully healthy. But, back, but on the back-to-back – That's where I can't really get there. Like, it's enough of a swing. I should honestly bet the Hawks, but I just don't. Part of it is I don't want to jump in front of the Nets right now. Like, I don't want to. I I don't want to be like, oh, now is when the Nets. I've talked about this so much, right? I don't want to try and catch a falling knife. And the Nets right now are as sharp as any knife out there. But what's your lean in terms of the side on Nets-Hawks with the uh, Nets a road favorite of five and a half versus the Hawks?
3: Man, this Nets team is rolling right now. I can't go against them. Um, I can say that DeAndre Hunter didn't play um, tonight. I, I kind of had a feeling that they were going to look ahead to the Nets, um, going to look right past the Pacers. Pacers came out there, cast the trifecta. So, uh, I mean, you didn't get the The Hawks basically didn't play a game tonight. They basically they didn't come to play whatsoever, probably focused on this one. Uh, I think you're on the right track there with the under. I see a, this being a playoff-style type of game, like, literally. And that's kind of how the Nets have been approaching games as well, looking at a uh, playoff style. I think the last one probably would have been a little bit bit um, closer, or a little bit more defensive if the Cavs getting, didn't get down by so much um, so early and they had to start running and gunning. But uh, Murray, DeJounte Murray is somewhat of a good matchup to go against Kyrie. You probably have DeAndre Hunter in this game since he sat out to tell you they were looking ahead to this game, man. Hunter, he can, I mean, he's not going to shut down KD, but he can guard KD. Um, I think this might be a close game. I, I would like to lean Nets, but I'm not laying five and a half here on the road. Uh, the Hawks can play some good basketball at the house when they put everything together, but I must say i'm not a fan of this hawks bench whatsoever uh, when it comes to the benches the nets really could pull away from them. i wouldn't be surprised if they did happen but i think you're on the right track with the under definitely see this being a, a playoff style type of game
2: if i was i agree with jay 100 if i had to lean if i was forced to, to play this game i would look at the hawks first half plus two and a half or three
3: like that okay
1: um one more i want to talk about tonight and that's the late game not the night night cap which is nuggets kings in the back-to-back but uh, we don't have a number on that because they're currently playing and you never know about injuries, et cetera, but all right. So the Warriors, Oh God. Okay. So the Warriors are a third and four back to back. All right. They they have that monster win versus the Grizzlies on Sunday. Okay. Uh, currently, as we're recording this, they're facing the Charlotte Hornets who I took uh, the Warriors in that game and they've got an 11 point lead going into the fourth. So hopefully they hold on to that one third and four back to back I'm looking to see something real quick if this is on national TV. It's not. Okay, not on national TV on the Wednesday slate. So they can rest and not get dinged for it. You expect probably in a third and four back to back. This is no Clay Thompson, no Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins is still out, no Steph Curry. So we're now down to just Kevon Looney of the intended starters. Um I just can't get to jazz minus two here. Like, no matter what I do, I can't get to jazz. You can take all those guys out, and I still can't get to why are the jazz favored here? I maybe there's an exponential thought. Maybe the idea is like it's a cluster type of injury, right? Like, okay, not just the loss of Steph, but the loss of Steph and Clay is not worth the four points of the spread that Steph's worth and the two points of the spread that that. Uh, Clay's worth, but it's actually maybe more like eight, right? It's, or it's, yeah, it's like more like eight. It's almost double because you're losing both of those guys. And then like Draymond adds in like a 1.5 times that. Like maybe there's an exponential, like a multiple multiplicative effect here of the injuries. I'm just trying to figure out the number because like matchup base, I have this eight and a half. You want to take off three for Curry? That's fine. I have it Warriors minus eight and a half at home. The Warriors have just been so goddamn good at home, and this is why I wanted to bet them on Christmas, and I didn't, and I felt stupid. They're so good at home. Uh, Jay, you said you had like a little bit of a lean towards Jazz here. We've seen this letdown effect where teams without anybody get these random-ass wins. Tell me why the Jazz should be favored by two in Golden State here.
3: Well, first off, I want to say a lot of times, like, if a number doesn't make sense, I usually, like, would stay off the game. Because if it doesn't say make sense, that probably means the oddsmakers know – I mean, th- obviously, they don't know everything. And we definitely know, don't know everything. But usually when a number comes out that makes you scratch your head, um, I usually like to go with the contrarian side. And, I mean, I do like the Jazz here. I did think that they would open as a small dog in this one. But maybe the oddsmakers know that – Probably on this back to back that Clay Thompson is probably not playing here. Maybe even a Draymond Green as well. So I think Jazz open up here at minus two is a really strong number in my opinion. They obviously had not been good on the road, um, so obviously it gives you a little hesitation. But we I, we've heard the Jazz talk time and time again. They play up versus these top tier teams. I, I really think they were looking ahead versus the Spurs as well. I mean they just they they did they, they didn't care about that game versus a top tier opponent. I mean whether they have their players or not, they're still the defending champions. Um and I think they're going to come out here and show up in this um, in go to state little bounce back J spot here. I could only look towards the jazz here, even as the favorites. I think it could be very telling. Uh, maybe the odds makers know something. I heavily lean yeah. jazz minus two for me.
1: Yeah. But, I'm going to say, well, you're right. You're right. Like, okay. It doesn't make any sense to me. So do I think the odds makers are wrong? This, this wrong. Or do I think that probably like they're ahead of this and I'm overthinking this based off of the letdown effect and everything. Cause I think part of the thing is instead of trying to bet on the letdown effect where a team doesn't get up for a game versus bad. And I'll say this too, like uh, Aaron Gordon was revealing about this on Sunday after the the sun's game. They asked him about why it was the team seemed to quote let down after Booker got hurt. And he's like, we didn't really see that Booker got hurt. He's like, we didn't even know like you're just out there playing because like nobody came up to us and said, Hey, Booker's out the rest of the game. He was like, but the game plan entirely changes. He's like, I, he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not. He's like I haven't done prep work on how to play the Suns without Devin Booker when they become less ball dominant. And this is the other thing that you see is guys that are not on your page one scouting report, which is what the starters are going to look at. If they're out late, especially if like her waits and announces, and they don't have to submit an injury report tomorrow morning because of the back to back, so they announce it late. All of a sudden, then those starters are, look, are like they're not paying attention to that second level. Again, I'm not saying this is why I'm going to bet the Warriors. I'm saying it's a reason to stay away. Sean, what do you think about this?
2: I think I think you guys are thinking a little too much
1: about this spot. Just, I think, just take the Jazz? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, if I had to take a spot, I
2: would, I would be on the Jazz. I, I believe if it comes out and gets confirmed that there's no clay and no Drey, this number doesn't stay at two. All right. It's going to go to three, three and a half maybe. So I, I, I don't know if they're already – I wouldn't say the bookmakers are factoring in this game with, as we record this, the Warriors playing the tilt right now. We have to, there's just a lot of time in between. If you're looking at this spot, I would wait to see who plays. If you believe that Steph and Dre aren't going to play, I would look at minus two here. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. We would need, we would need Jordan Poole to score 40, Divincenzo to score 17, Ty Jerome to score 15. I mean, I, I, that, that's a lot yeah. of buckets missing and a lot of ball handlers that are missing if if those two dudes don't play. I, so I believe this number moves if it gets confirmed that they're not playing.
1: I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about it. You're right. Gotta go You're with right. your good though, mate. You it is a sticky number though. Yeah, it, it, this it, number it,
2: it this does go off the page. It's a, it's a smelly number, no doubt. Yeah.
1: All right. That's going to wrap it up for your best bets for the Wednesday slate Ed, to review. Once again, I've got the Nets Hawks under 238 and a half bulls, bucks under 231 and a half. Jay's got the sun's first half and Sean's got the bucks minus four and a half versus the bulls for more coverage. Make sure to keep it here. We will be back tomorrow with another best bets episode. Make sure to catch Sean on the best on the NBA bet stream. You can catch that in the NBA league pass app. Sean, what's the game for tomorrow? Ooh. Terrible
2: Pelicans tomorrow. It should, be, should be a good one. Ooh,
1: be a good one. So good. check out the bet stream with Sean and the guys over on the NBA Bet Stream. Uh, also download the Action Network app. Leave us those five star reviews. Hope you guys had a great holiday. We'll be back tomorrow with another Best Bets episode. Until then, let's get buckets.
2: Action Network reminds you: please gamble responsibly.